Welcome to Blackbird episode number 12. My name is James, and today I am happy to be joined by Ken Thoreau. Ken is the host of the uh, sporadic podcast known as Damned History. He's also a great poster of memes on Instagram and Twitter, and he runs the Part of the Problem Clips channel on Instagram and YouTube. Um, And I just wanted to get him on to, you know, kind of chat. We have followed each other for a while on social networks, and uh, I was one of the very first listeners to his podcast as well, um, which, you know, he may or may not be rebooting soon. So um, we have a lot of overlap in the way that we think. We're both kind of fans of Vin Armani and the Dim Age thesis and that sort of thing. So, you know, I just figured we would have some good rapport. Uh, And as it turns out, we kind of did. Before we get started, let me tell you about Paloma Verde CBD. Um, Obviously, you have heard about Paloma Verde. If you are a listener to this show, you know that I take their CBD tincture every single morning. Um, You know that countless other podcasters have also uh, benefited from Paloma Verde CBD. And so I recommend that you give it a try as well. And not only will you be helping yourself, but you'll also be helping a great member of our community, Carlos Abelar, who with his wife, Vanessa, runs single-handed, well, okay, double-handed, this great CBD company out of San Antonio, Texas. So you know where it's coming from, you know who's providing it, and you know it's someone worth supporting. So head to PalomaVerdeStore.com and make sure to use offer code BLACKBIRD at checkout to get 25% off your order. And with that, here is my conversation with Ken Thoreau. All right, Ken, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Uh, So, um... I first like discovered you, I guess, uh, when you started a podcast a couple of years ago. Um, uh, like it was just like a history podcast, but uh, I just wanted to talk to you because we, you know, we follow each other on Twitter, and um, I enjoy your content. So, I, first of all, I guess why don't you kind of introduce yourself to the to the folks um, so they know who we're talking to? Uh, so my name is Ken Thoreau. Um host of damned history i also run the uh, part of the problem clips channel it's on uh, instagram twitter and yeah i did the damned history show for i think about like eight episodes it's more of almost like a manic release of episodes even though i mean the quality was better than i thought it would be but then uh you know it took like a week off and then we almost well allegedly went to war with iran so all that broke off and then I was in the middle of moving and then COVID hit the stupid 19. So then I, uh, I decided I'm not going to talk on a microphone for a while. There's way too much for me to learn, to put that influence into people's minds of like misdirection and everything else. So I just, yeah, I feel like it would be better for me just to sit back and observe and comment on it, you know, like social media, but I didn't want to put my voice out there because there's a lot more information that I needed to dive into. Cool. Well, yeah, it was a, it was a great history show. Um, you, you know, I mean, you dug kind of deep, didn't you do like serial just, um, focusing on one event for a few episodes and then. Yeah. I did like the intro with Edward Bernays is trying to get a 
overview of like propaganda and like his life a little bit it was kind of you know uh cluttered but also i was trying to get the point of the media is lying to people yeah and well and i think that's the first time i ever heard edward bernays's name um so you you like introduced me to him in a way oh yeah, I uh, learned about him in like 2018, 2019 and read his books. And they're actually really good if you want to learn about marketing. But, you know, use those powers for good or whatever. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, hey, so, uh, you know, I mean, I just wanted to chat. We, You have a lot of content on Twitter um, dealing with the dim age, which is sort of in Armani's coinage, or at least what he's been focusing on the last year. Um, and... I'd love to get your thoughts just kind of on what's, what's coming up, where, you know, where, where we've been, where we're headed um, and what we can do to sort of prosper in it, I suppose. Um, so I guess just to start, what, uh, what do you think is a great like definition of the dim age and the, what Vin has been calling the church of woke? Oh, uh, well, the dim age. <laughs> From my perspective, at least, it'd be, it would be a, a period in time where we're transitioning or we already transitioned. I would say this is more of the prequel to where this, uh, you know, this world, this new world is going unless something alters the course. But I don't really know if that's possible at this point. And I think it's more of just trying to find a way to live within this world. But the dim age just means like logic and reasoning and everything is inverted at the moment. It really does not seem like anything makes sense. You go to news headlines and things that used to be conspiracy theories are now, oh no, this is just normal. Yeah, we're gonna put a uh, you know tracking device inside of you and that's okay because it's for your safety, it's for your health, it's for your own good. No talk about any vitamins and everything else. It's just, it's more of a control, but it's also the people, the population, which, you know, we're all kind of sheepish in our own way, but then the general population, if they're watching, you know, CNN, Fox News, whatever, or if they don't even watch news, but they just have their life, they have their kids, their family, and they don't really care about all this cultural stuff. They just go to their job, they come home with their family, and then that's it. And so if the culture shifts, well, they shift with it because, well, they don't want to create any problems. Well, now this culture is going into a very loony direction where you now have quadruple masking and I'm not, you know, do whatever you think is for your own safety, health, whatever. I'm not here to give health advice, but it's a very inverted period of time where people that are fairly rational are now scratching their heads and they're trying to stop it. And I don't think that's, I think we're already beyond that at this point. I think it's more about finding other people and helping the people that are in the middle at least have some sort of, I don't want to say salvation, but a little bit of more of liberty so they can actually speak about these things with people. And that's why I like the agorist movement and a lot of libertarian circles. But I think even them, they're trying to like shake their fist in the air and stop this. But I don't think you're going to stop this cycle. I really don't. I'm not trying to be a black pill or anything like that. And I do have a lot of optimism because things change and it's, these are growing pains at the moment. And that once people figure out how to live in this new world in their own way to have their own freedom, their own liberty, 
their own way to move and navigate throughout this world, then you'll be a lot more, I wouldn't say content, but you'll have a little bit more joy in your life. Yeah, I'm just kind of rambling at this point because it is a very interesting period. It's the first yeah. time I've talked about it. So one, like, well, and one other much, one so. other kind of hashtag that that um, people who focus on the dim age. Uh, one other hashtag is Church of Woke, um, yeah. and you have this really interesting tweet. Uh, so it looks like it's a it's a little it's a little note to reporters and would be reporters for how to how to report on the church of woke um stick to their scripts cheer and if it's wrong it's okay there's a perfectly good explanation um what do you mean by that well it's kind of like with the you know weapons of mass destruction i mean this is the the church of woke is not a new thing they just kind of you know stepped in shut the door behind them and they're just Mm -hmm. like this is it this is us we control things now and what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be a heretic? Yeah. Or are you going to be an apostate and you know, you're going to leave this church now? Well, that's yeah. So now they're very out in the open and a lot of people have been calling it out for a while. They've just kind of said, no, we're going to do what we want now. I don't think it's sustainable. I really don't think what they're doing is actually going to last. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of people that aren't having it, but, that's yeah. a totally different thing. But so the script is basically like with weapons of mass destruction, there wasn't really anything that they were trying to make into this thing that why we leveled Iraq and with the Russia gate stuff, that was a hoax. They created that. I mean, it was like a whole DNC Hillary Clinton thing just to create chaos going in the news media for four years straight as a script. And, you know, if you were against Russia gate, then you're a Putin supporter. doesn't even matter what side you're on. Same thing, weapons of mass destruction. You just don't like freedom. And that's why they hate us, because of our freedom. You think, so we got to go bomb them. Yeah. It's do you the think same Trump, thing, but it's a new script. Do you think Trump was in on it? Or was he legitimately uh, outside the church of woke? If I go with my gut, I'm going to say he's in on it because they created him. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to go with... Uh, which I don't ever do, but Occam's razor. I'll just say he was a useful idiot. Yeah. And that I they, guess... they, they used the egomaniac and put him in a position of power and kind of manipulated, pulled the strings in certain directions to make him where he's always trying to fight against it. And he's, his people are like, well, he's right. Like this is, they're doing this. They're blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I don't know. Well, and he was say, able to, know. He was able to turn the entire, you know, for lack of a better term, I guess, the entire right wing and even the center right wing of the country into domestic terrorists. Yeah. Or the Church of Woke. Um, so, you know, I mean, the fact that he was created by Jeff Zucker at NBC and then recreated as a politician by Jeff Zucker at CNN um, that to me seems like he was in on it, but maybe you're right. I mean, the the useful idiot uh, like narrative, I guess, is it, it makes. I guess it makes more sense, especially like you said from the rock from the Occam's Razor point of view. Um, I kind of like the idea that he was in on it a little bit better, just because yeah, it's more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
All right. So next foil hat on real tight. Whenever I think about that. Yeah. You got to listen to a lot of Monica Perez to, to really believe that, but. Oh, propaganda report. Shout out Binkley, Monica. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, the patrons. She was, she was on the show last month and then gave me a shout out on her show. So that was kind of nice. Anyway. So number two, go off, go off script. Sure. And you're wrong. Even if you're right, be gone. Uh, what does excommunication look like? Or as as this tweet says, demonization look like to the Church of Woke? 2021, because it's a little bit different, I think, from what it looked like in 2018, say. Oh, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's went up a little bit. I don't know how far they're going to push this. Like, I, that's, I'm just going to be honest. I'm just, trying to prepare you know my surroundings as much as possible and Mm -hmm. trying to get in a position to where if i need to leave i can leave and you know there's like some private jets you can get and stuff like that but does require money so there are those uh type of situations and i probably wouldn't announce it if i did until i was already somewhere else anyways but i don't know how much they're going to push this but there are some who are very wise, I'd say wiser than myself in terms of, you know, just they're older and more experienced. So they've gathered more information and they do think they're going to be camps. I don't know who those camps are going to be for though, because I do think they are going to actually like this church of woke eventually purge their more radical people. Yeah. Because that's what they do. The radicals get the wall first. Uh-huh. Usually, or they did kill themselves. I don't know, like well, kill each other or not. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that they even need camps. Which so I'm not quite as pessimistic on that. Um, but yeah. I also, I'm very pessimistic in that they don't need camps. I mean, you know, if they can, if they can allow you to continue living in your house, uh, and walking among everyone else, but you have no real way of expressing yourself or. You know, I mean, if, if if you're high enough profile and they can just cancel your PayPal and your Visa card and, um, you know, any other way of making or spending money, then is that even is that is that better than living in a camp? No, the camp you at least get three squares, hopefully. Yeah, or two squares. Um, yeah, that, I mean that does actually makes sense because they've been building to that they've been doing that to you know select a few people every now and then you get the people that are there oh they're so kooky and crazy you love an alex jones or no one benjamin and they will do that to them and most people are like well they're not going to do that to other people like it's not reasonable yeah well i mean i mean even donald trump's bank in florida yeah Yeah. accounts so (laughs) it's insane and that's why I don't know, like, is that just a story they run in the media to get people like riled up or are they literally doing that to the guy and they're just basically he's the fall guy. Right. I don't know, but I know he's in Mar-a-Lago. So, um, yeah, the camp situation to or just social isolation, that might be more of the punishment they give to the people. But they, they always need an opposition, too. So I don't know if they're going to allow, like how much, how far are they going to push it? Because if they push far enough, they're going to have people retaliating in ways. I mean, there's already people predicting 
who have very good predictive skills that there are going to be middle-class protests sometime this year because of all mm. the super, you know, the higher taxes, you're going to get a VAT tax, which has been destroying middle-class Europe and wealth. That's something that's on the agenda, Green New Deal. So the middle class is probably going to retaliate sometime this year, next year. And I don't think it's going to be pretty. I'm not saying either side. Like, I just don't think it's going to be good for anyone stuck in the middle of that. That's why I'm, I don't get involved. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like uh, a close relative of mine um, was canceled on Facebook or not canceled, but, you know, she, she got zucked. Uh, for, I don't, I don't know what the actual sentence was. What's weird is the people who were getting zucked, uh, got zucked around the, either, either the election or the inauguration. And then, you know, even if it said they were, they were banned for 30 or 90 days or whatever it was, a lot of them got off like on good behavior or something like that. Uh, like right after the, the inauguration, a whole bunch of people who I know who got, whose accounts got, um, wiped were just all of a sudden back all kind of on the same within the same day or two on Facebook. So that was, that was weird as far as I'm concerned, but this, this relative of mine who, uh, who was apparently banned for X number of days when I told a friend of mine and she was, she was a total Trump like conspiracy. He's going to come back and win it. I think March 30th is their next date that the prophets of Trump have set. Um, she's, she's totally bought in on that. Um, but I told, I told a friend of mine about that who, and he is like a total Biden head. Um, he's always loved Biden. Biden, he called Biden his political hero long before, you know, uh, like during the Obama administration. Um, so when I told him that, yeah, when I, I know, I don't understand how Biden can be someone's, but he also, he also loved Lieberman and McCain. So basically it's just, you know, anyone with a, with a centrist appearance and, and calm demeanor is kind of what he, what he was after. Um, but when I told him that, that this relative was banned by Facebook, he was, he was shocked. He was very surprised. And I was like, dude, you, I mean, look, I'll probably be next. Like I'm not a Trump conspiracy theorist. So they're not after me yet, but I'm, I'm definitely like a, like a COVID uh, shit poster. And um, you know, you never know what the next heresy is going to be. This isn't, this isn't like, I, I think, I don't think it's reached just like the normal person who loves people like Biden and Lieberman and McCain yet. Like they don't understand what they are up against. And these are people who value like free thought and expression and, and that sort of thing. So I think we've yet to see what really happens when like normal people start realizing, oh, oh, that's, that's, that's not what I voted for. Do you have any thoughts on that? Or have you noticed it? Or, I mean, are well, we I think just I've, I've noticed on Twitter a little bit where people are just talking about like, oh, Biden's not doing this or that. It's just he's going, you know, how many executive orders he signed into. Well, I guess you don't sign them into law technically, but. I know what you mean. Um, but that's what I was saying earlier. Like there are people who I don't even want to consider them sheep. They're just, you know, they're, normal people they go they work have a family everything else they just focus on what they need to focus on while us weirdos focus on this stuff and see it like six months ahead of time because you know they just that's what they do and so they just see biden he's just a statesman and 
he says all the things that America's values are based on for the most part. Like if you just watched the TV and saw Biden talk, you're like, hey, he's kind of old, but he's a statesman. Like he's one of the good guys. He's not this brash orange monster who's right. trying to, you know, storm the Capitol. Like if you just see that narrative and that you 10 minutes a day, you look at, you know, Politico or you know, Reuters or whatever, that's going to be your perception. So I do think there is going to be some regret if they escalate it. I'm very curious to see. I mean, did you see that GQ thing that they did with Biden? Uh, are you talking about the weird photo shoot? Yeah, that was very. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I heard about it on a podcast. Like, did they like dress him up in all kinds of weird, like, like just Americana outfits and stuff like that? I don't. I don't even know if he was like participating in it. It just seemed like there, his face was digitally imposed on some of this stuff but I oh then i'm then I'm, then I'm missing I, I i don't i don't maybe i don't know what you're talking about uh it was a photo shoot looking thing so maybe they just touched it up so much that it looked fake that might have been it but it's basically he was like a cartoon character he's dressing in like chucks with like he was like this cool biden then he's this uh you know like kind of frat boy looking bright biden and then he had like a cowboy hat on or whatever oh, yeah i'm looking at it now okay it's a gq britain i believe Oh my God. They've got him in the Oval Office with like a jacket slung over his shoulder and an ice latte. Yeah, oh, he's like a weird. basketball player going to the Staples Center or something like that. <laughs> this is like this is like Putin on the on the horse shirtless, except that oh, yeah. was a real photo. Yeah, I think Binkley actually posted there was a picture of uh Kim Jong un on a <laughs> pony underneath one of the posts. Biden sitting on the back funny. of a he's sitting on the back of a pickup truck with a guitar and three Budweisers next to him. Yeah. And do you remember the beer summit where uh, I, it was like Obama and someone were 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 drinking beers together and Biden didn't participate because he doesn't drink. But then they did a Budweiser commercial and his GQ thing. Oh my God! Wow, that's nice. yeah, like. Yeah. So I don't know that that was just an example. I don't know if that's going to make some people like scratch their head and like, well, this is kind of weird. Like, I don't know how much they. Yeah, it does feel, I mean, it, it looks weird to me. I mean, does it, but, but then again, I mean, it's all it is, is probably like, it's just, it's just classic propaganda. There's, it's no yeah. different from like the, the Soviet posters of, you know, the 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 workers clasping hands or Rosie the Riveter here in America. I mean, it's just it's the it's the identical thing. It's just that they need Biden to be the hero and not the worker. So will yeah, it fool people? Do you think? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it'll fool a lot of people just because that's the nature of the game. I mean, they'll just kind of go because uh, I forgot. I think it was. It's just something about like, they can't leave now. They can't like the same thing with the people with lockdowns and masks and everything else. Like they can't leave now. They've already been doing this for like a year. So it's like, if they've already dug their heels into a certain position, a lot of people don't like shifting. And then if they have any pushback, then they double down and you say like they're at a five and then you meet them at a six. Well, then they go to a 10 and they're going to go to a 20 and a 30 because people don't like being wrong. <laughs> So there is going to be that, but I do, I do think some regular people that aren't very like ideologically attached to a lot of stuff are 
really, especially if they're like, you know, 30% more of their income is getting stripped away from them. And that's what I woke up a lot of people yeah. that own businesses that weren't even into politics. And they were like, well, wait a minute, I can't open my shop, but Target can. Well, and for, for the, the COVIDians, the, the answer to that is not, you know, lift the lockdowns. It's make the, make the stimulus package, quote unquote, bigger. Which, <sighs> that gets us back into just printing the money. Wait, did, were we talking about that before? I think we were talking about that before we started recording. But, uh, you know, I mean, and so that, I guess, is also kind of part of this Church of Woke, right? Like the money printer go burr. Yeah. Well, I made a post about this yesterday, too, but it was about, like, college debt. It's basically they create a mm-hmm. system to where they loan out money to 18-year-olds, you know, up to $200,000, some kids. And, you know, the schools make more money because of it, because, you know, they have more people that can go to school now. So they raise their rates. And then these kids have all this debt. And then the people that are going to pay off their debt are the people in the middle class, usually upper middle class. And then now they're talking about forgiving their debt. And I don't think they're going to use the money printer for that. And they might, but they'll also punish the people that are 30 to 50 years old who have an upper middle class income and even some rich people, not the, you know, 0.001%, but the other people. And it is more, it's kind of sucks because I grew up in this generation and it is a fairly entitled generation. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not 20, but I've been around these people. I've been to university and everything else. And it is a very me, me, me generation. It is the generation of Adderall, the generation of Ritalin, and everything needs to be immediate. And then they also didn't have the freedom that the people that are 30, 40 years old, so they don't have that personal responsibility built into them, most of them. I'm not saying everybody, but if you see some of the stuff that occurs on college campuses and you look at it, you're just like, well, they seem like kids that are whining because a lot of them are like trust fund kids. That's the thing I like Sam Tripoli says. He's like a lot of these woke activists are trust fund kids. And it's true. Some of them are. Some of them are really just poor and they have very bad luck of the draw of life. But those are people that need to be like kind of re- rehabilitated and helped. Re-educated? I'm not saying re-educated. Okay. There's a total, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Re-education I'm not saying I advocate that because it goes into like a Maoist type of situation, mm-hmm. but there are people that like, I need to, to be reeducated. That's why I stopped doing a podcast that I started because I realized I am not going to talk about stuff that I don't know anything about. And I was about to go in that territory and I just don't, there's too much going on. There's not enough time in the day for me to put my voice into someone's ears, filling them with nonsense. So like I had to do that. And there's a lot of people that do need that, but I just don't know the proper way to do it because maybe some people are, you can't help them at a certain point. I don't know. That's the thing. That's the whole giant, like broad scope of society. Like the more you think about it, the more it drives you insane. Cause you can't save everybody. You can't help everybody help yourself. So you can help a few people. Like that's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. That's why 
That's why I'm on this podcast, because we probably agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the third thing in the Church of Woke um, reporting and commenting uh, sort of instructions that you give is pray. And that's the one that I really wanted to know what your thoughts are on it. What does prayer look like to the Church of Woke in the dim age? That was kind of for both parties, I'll be honest, because I don't actually... Uh, I actually, I don't recommend or tell people not to or whatever, but like prayer, I mean, it's helpful. It's kind of like meditation if you're not a mm -hmm. religious person, but, um, praying with them, it would be more of the, I can't put the image up right now, but it's just basically like those it's like a religious experience that was going on last summer and it's been going on to a certain degree, but last summer it was very like where they're all literally like sitting on the ground and like chanting the same thing over and over. And then there's like a moment of silence, but this is this whole unity that they're all together. And it's almost beautiful if it wasn't like destructive. Right. Well, and, and, and you know, wear the mask and trust the science and uh, yeah, you know, which it was, it was, really weird to me that trust the science kind of morphed into follow the rules. You don't really hear too much about trust the science anymore, but um, the, the slogan or, you know, the chant or the prayer kind of yeah, just became, trust the scientific method. Yeah. That is always trying to find new solutions. <laughs> well, and even, even back to the, to the Joe Biden photos and that GQ thing, which I'll, I'll make sure to put a link to it because it's just, it's just eerie. Um, I mean, that's religious iconography. It looks, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously we've always had pictures of the presidents everywhere uh, in public schools and at the post office and all that stuff. Um, but uh, it, it was nothing like this. This is, that's just weird. Um, well, I guess that's not true. Like Biden, not, not Biden, um, Obama uh, was definitely a, a, a religious figure, especially in the 08 campaign when, you know, th they were purposely photographing him so that he had halos and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and they're doing that again. And it's, it, it is like Trump was the great terror and these two are like the two holy ones. And it's, uh, but then Trump was also the great savior for one side and the other right. two were great demons. So it's like, it's just, you flip it one way or the other, but then if you look at what's actually going on, it's a corporate takeover. <laughs> so that's the whole, that's the, I would say the dimmest thing about the dim age is just what's actually occurring and people are just squabbling with one another. And it's like, you guys have the same enemy in my opinion. If it's even an enemy, I don't know. Um, do you think that, do you think that, the church of woke, um, for lack of a better term. I mean, basically it's all kinds of things. It's the cathedral, it's the people, but it's also the people who follow the cathedral. Um, and it might even just be useful idiots from presumably the other side, uh, I think is what the church of woke kind of is composed of. Um, do you think that they recognize where their faults are, where their, where their, where their like points of weakness are. Even if they do, they probably will never admit it because that is the whole point of uh, 
their faith is they just well it's not the point of their faith but it's a part of it it's no matter what the situation it's uh well there's an existential threat and we have to defeat this by any means necessary and that's why if whatever happened with the election i don't really care when it comes down to it i didn't even get into it that much it was they didn't care if there was or wasn't anything going on because they had to get this demon out and that's the same thing with the whole stupid 19 they had to do anything by any means necessary to get this demon out of society or eliminate this demon or punish it and that kind of destroys a lot of people's reasoning whenever they think of something as a demon as this evil thing instead of something to overcome it's more of something to crush and punish and whatever and like i said i'm not the best spokesman for this type of like for the damage stuff at least verbally i haven't uh, articulated it that much in person because uh yeah, you can't have normal conversations like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. um i i was really surprised that I, I mean it was just so brazen and blatant um that after the inauguration so many democratic governors and mayors and spokespeople all of a sudden were like oh man we've got to we've got to reopen this can only go on for so long um I was definitely in the in the Pete Quinones, I guess, sort of train of thought where no, 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 this was not about Trump. This was about like a global power struggle. Um, do you what, what do you what do you think of that? The the suddenly shifting gears, um, wanting to reopen, getting schools back open, and and that sort of thing, so close after the inauguration. Uh, I think it's done intentionally to basically bait the other side, mm -hmm. the people that disagree with what they've been doing. I mean, that's a part of it. I think it's just more of a mockery. Like they're just mocking people and saying, yeah, we can do it this. Yeah, we do what we want. We control things. I think that is one of the biggest things is that they're just showboating. But it's also, I think, bait. I think they're doing this to try and incite people to do stuff because I think they want to and trap a lot of people. And I, that's why I said, I don't know how far they're gonna go with a lot of this stuff. I think the only people that know is people you know, running the ship, I guess. But I feel like a lot of these things have been traps. Like they do stuff on purpose intentionally. So we're like the regular person that doesn't pay attention, like they won't notice. And the people on their side, they're just gonna agree with them regardless. And then the people that ask questions, like that's, well, I think with certain leaks that they did with like the Trump administration, I remember, I think there was one guy who was like a, as a leak and you couldn't even like type the guy's name into Facebook or something without getting your account deleted. Was that, the was, guy like that even, was that the guy that like even Rand Paul wouldn't say his name? Yes. Yes. God, I don't even remember what that was. Oh. Yeah. It, it, that's this, that was like maybe two years ago, but it feels like it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Just forever ago. Um, yeah. One other so I thing. I feel like some of this stuff. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You, you were, I your thought. feel like some of this stuff is just set up there to trap people. Like I think the whole QAnon thing was, well, yeah, I really did. 
I almost believed it for like a half second, but not like I'm a true believer, but just like maybe this is where the plot goes. Like that's kind of where my brain was going for a little bit. But it was never like buying into it like this is going to save everything. I was like, well, that doesn't sound like a good option. But <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's uh yeah, I feel like there are some of these things that are trapped. So like they're doing something obviously in the open, like opening up the country after they just two weeks prior said that everyone's going to die and it's a dark winter. I think it is done to basically get people to like show their face. So they know who's the enemy or whatever. Well, and in addition, speaking of showing their face, um, they've, while they've started talking about reopening, uh, they've really like doubled down literally on the mask thing. Um, oh, yeah. Not only, I mean, not only has, you know, Fauci said you need to, you know, wear two masks if you really want to, if you really want to do it right, put on another one. Um, but uh, the, I mean, like the state that I live in, Minnesota, they've introduced legislation to make the masks not just an executive order, but like an actual law punishable by a fine. Um, and of course, the way that we'll know it's time to, the, the basically this bill sunsets when the CDC says that it's no longer necessary to wear a mask. Um, so, I mean, and, you know, obviously the lockdowns weren't sustainable. Uh, it, it, no, they don't, they don't want to crush the economy. They, they, they just want to, re, you know, um, transform it, I guess. Uh, but the mask thing, man, you can reopen society and still wear a mask, you know, what do you think? But what do you think? I mean, obviously Study after study has come out saying that, you know, the masks don't really do much in the general population, maybe in a healthcare situation, or if you're sitting with someone for a long period of time, uh, it might stop spreading, stop the spread of respiratory viruses. But the science, quote unquote, has not changed since they started studying this stuff decades ago a mask in a grocery store passing like just in passing, isn't going to stop them from catching the flu because you're not going to spread the flu that way. Uh, so, I mean, what, what do you think the real, what do you think the real reason behind this um, mask hysteria is? Uh, <clears throat> I think it's a part of the uniform, but it's also just more mm -hmm. compliance, which I guess would be the uniform. It's the symbol that you're on, you're in the church, you're on in the club, you're a true believer. It's very symbolic. And it's also a silence thing. It's kind of it's covering your expression, your human, like your humanity is basically being wiped away and covered up. And you're just hearing a muffled version mm. of a person. It's taking away like the soul of a person almost because yeah it's you can't see smiles you can't see frowns you just see this thing that's it just this cloth across and it's a dehumanization tactic it's also the thing that bugs me the most is what they're doing with kids with this and just the overall like mid psychological warfare with that but yeah, the masks are really just more of a dehumanization and then just a symbol of like, this is okay, you're you're a believer. That's good. Make sure you yell at the non-believers, pour water on them at Walmart. 
remember which uh, I've seen the video of, which is insane. But I used to be a smoker, and I was standing out on a sidewalk having a cigarette once. Um, this was years ago. God, uh, yeah, I was still living in in Texas at the time, so it must have been over a decade ago. But I was so I was standing outside having a cigarette, and this mom and her two kids walked past me, and the mom told the kids like as they were approaching, hold your breath, hold your breath. And they had to like hold their breath as they passed my, my cloud of filth. Um, I'm wondering what kind of indoctrination is going on with the parents who are like that mom right now. Like if they see someone without a mask on, are they freaking out and are they freaking out their kids (laughs) to be around someone like that? The filth. Yeah. I was seeing that back in like April too of last year. Yeah. That's uh, very like in a keeping it's weird because it's like they're trying to hide them from other people and like keeping them all close, but then they're all super close. So it's like kind of defeating the purpose of the whole thing. But I guess it's you're not going near a potentially tainted human or something like that. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I definitely feel for those kids with the those that's those parents are going to do that one way or the other. That's unfortunate, but. It really is like, man, it's like, I mean, it's no different from when, you know, you'd raise your kids to shun the witches or whatever. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah. It's it's, it's identical. That's, and I guess that's, that's why it's a church. I mean, you kind of like the kind of traditional or not, not even traditional, but like just the, the folksy definition of a religion is, or, or, or the components of it are the creed, the code and the cult. And the creed is like the set of beliefs and the code is the set of moral principles. And the cult is the, the rituals, the, the, the worship. And this bears all three of those. Um, you know, the, 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 the belief in, you know, the science, capital T, capital S and, um, the code, the, the, you know, where you're, where, just wear your fucking mask. I don't care if you're alone in your car or out on the sidewalk or, you know, in the parking lot or whatever you need to put on your mask and wear no cover your nose. Like, <laughs> uh, I saw a picture of Chuck Schumer the other day with his nose hanging out and he, he was in a crowded, like, you know, Senate hallway or whatever. And I was like, Oh man, is anybody going to say anything about that? Or is it just, okay, no, he's wearing the uniform and he doesn't need to cover his nose. Like, will that be the the first crack in this thing where it doesn't, it stops being a viral spread prevention device and just starts being an article of clothing? Yeah, I think someone actually said that back in May or April of last year. Yeah, that was, I think that was Vin and, and Pete, like one of their first things they were talking about how, yeah, no, this is, this is an article of clothing. Yeah, it was basically like put it the like the main way to defy the mask stuff is to put it under your nose, like not to go out and protest against the masks, but to just that little bit of civil disobedience, which I think is more productive than, you know, being loud and out in the open, because that just makes you a target, especially when you don't control the media. So, um, yeah. But it's not, none of this is new. And that's why I try to remind myself and remind everyone else. And I'm glad you actually said that because it is not new. I think we just kind of in this country, especially if you're a certain age, certain demographic, like you literally have had a, maybe you didn't have a great situation, but there wasn't this 
looming kind of almost apocalyptic world. It was just kind of the American life. If you grew up in the United States or if you grew up in any first world country or like the eighties through the 2010, 2015, it was almost like a dream in comparison to most societies in human history in terms of like, there were bad things, but there was literally yeah. some like kind of a make believe version of society that they created. It was very interesting because well, beforehand. Yeah. Sorry. Thankfully I was born in 82. Thankfully I was, uh, I, I kind of, I was too young for the satanic panic of the eighties. Yeah. But I was, but I, I, I came of age. I mean, I was 18 on nine 11, so I didn't really have to worry about, you know, the helicopter parenting that, I mean, you know, 9-11 is what ushered in the whole thing, the woke movement and all that. Oh, yeah. I mean, those parents kept their kids, the see something, say something culture that, you know, Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld invented um, was, I, I think that's what started the, the, the sort of woke movement. Like, obviously, there's always been political correctness, but... <laughs> The idea that college students need their their deans to protect them from the terrible professors. I mean, it's so paternalistic and fear-based. And there was hints of it in like the 80s with the Reagan nights where it was like the just say no. There's actually a video I posted a couple of weeks ago of Ron Paul on this, uh, I forgot the guy's shows, but it's basically when he was in 88 running as libertarian candidate saying like drugs should be legal, <laughs> which was very radical in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. And like people were chanting, just say no. Then even had like 1918 during the Spanish flu in the United States, like a lot of major cities had mandatory mask policies and they were very like, they had the anti-mask leaks too. So there was always the opposition to the level of tyranny. And I mean, that was a pretty devastating thing. If history holds up, that's, that's the one thing I've learned. Like, deep diving this past year and years prior is just the more you dive into history, the more it's like, is this real? Like that is, it's uh, strange. Yeah. I'd like to get a, get a historian on the show who has really, really studied like mass hysterias and panics and stuff like that. Ooh, that would um, be nice. I know. I want to know how stuff like this starts and importantly, how it ends. Because I mean, this mass freakout, it can't last forever. I mean, maybe, maybe it will. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, humans haven't always worn shirts. You know what I mean? Like the shirt became an article of clothing, not because it kept you warm, but just because it was indecent not to wear one at some point. So maybe, maybe we'll see that with masks. I don't know. Uh, well, uh, it's, it's not my idea. It's also not the person I heard it from is more of like a, kind of from a biblical perspective, which is very strange. I grew up non, a non-believer, then I was religious, then I wasn't religious now, and then I was religious again. And then now I'm like, kind of, I'm learning. So mm. absorbing more information, being more experimental. And I, I, yeah, like there's a most high from my perspective, something I've, uh, in the past two years, but the cycle that's the one thing that's, I don't feel like anything's really new that's occurred in the past hundred years. I think there is some sort of a cyclical nature to humanity. And there is this, I'd say maybe four or five cycles where there's a, you know, very dark period and there's a 
creation period and i'm butchering it at this point but um we're at this point now where things have kind of been inverted because there's almost like not a peak but a very high point of humanity even though there's a lot of problems like we were just talking about the war on drugs and all the wars and all this other crap Mm -hmm. but in terms of intellectual like humans being intellectual creatures and actually wanting to discover new things and create might have been a peak period and what this guy was saying is basically that now you have it at the point where like the jokers and the fools are the ones pointing out the truth and the regular people are basically spreading lies and that's usually the point whenever there's a huge shift and it's like the end time of this time but it's not over it's just basically it's going in a different direction but usually those people that are the ones that are kind of uh, the parasites latched into their brain. So uh, either they kind of get off of that or they end up burning out and then something new replaces it. I don't know if that's where we're going, but that's a thought. And this guy was pretty uh, well read on this. I can't remember his name now. But that's all right. I'll, you, you'll need to find it and send it to me though. Cause I want to, I want to read it and link to it. Um, do you think, do you think Miley Annopolis was sort of like a forerunner to that? I, I just Ooh, remember Jordan that's... Peterson. Jordan Peterson always described Milo as like a court jester type. That's interesting. I've never thought of him that way. Uh, impossibly, because I mean, they they he was he was demonized and hated and eventually you know excommunicated by all sides um he just became too toxic to tolerate but like while he was reaching his height i mean he spoke a lot of truths yeah i say can i even say that <laughs> without hey, being put on the list yeah i don't know uh i yeah but maybe, maybe no we'll, it's interesting we'll edit that part out no <laughs> i'm just yeah we're on the list at this point yeah, I, I if there's a list it's like, i don't even want to be a part of any of this because i do think a lot of it is spectacle and that's uh i feel like the best position to be in right now because i don't feel like anything is i feel like there's multiple traps at this point but uh yeah i've rambled man this has been fun though because yeah did you say this my was first, first time interview? being interviewed and yeah. it, it, the nerves kind of went away but then i still rambled and it was kind of fun yeah. Whenever I get behind a microphone by myself, I'm like, I can't, I, I think I said this in, I've said this in a couple of episodes, but I can't do solo episodes because I get so self-conscious. But then like, once I, once I start talking, it's just, it gets easier. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. Well, talk about part of the problem clips. I want to know how you started it and like, what your, I just want to know everything about it. Um Tell me the technical details. Even how do you get the how do you get the the videos? How do you decide what clips you're going to clip out? Um, are you monetized? And would you like to be if you're not? That kind of thing. I'm I'm super interested in in that kind of thing. Uh, well, I started it whenever I was uh, I was actually planning on going to law school at the time, and so most of my time was dedicated to that, and. I also had a girlfriend at the time too. So like my time was pretty much filled, but I still wanted to kind of know what was going on in the world. And so I had a few podcasts I'd listen to. And one of them was Dave Smith's part of the problem. And there's just something in my brain that always wants to create something. And so I just started tinkering on around with video editing stuff back in, uh, 
think it was like August or September of 2019. And I just started chopping up his videos because that's what I was actually watching or listening to most frequently. Besides, like that was, uh, yeah, I don't know. This, it, the thought came into my mind and I, um, there's been different like websites you can go to just type in like YouTube downloader. And so you just download the full episode if you want to, you can screen record, but then the actual audio doesn't sync yeah, with the face sometimes, but I just did that. And then like, a, I realized he didn't have a clip channel or he didn't have anything on Instagram at the time. And so I created it on Instagram at first because there was nothing of his stuff on Instagram, but I actually reached out to Lewis Jay Gomez from gas digital the co-owner and or co-creator and i was like hey do you mind if i clip dave's stuff up and put it on instagram and he got back to me like two or three days later and i was like yeah sure i've been telling him he needs to get an instagram and so i just started messing with it and like at first i just posted clips didn't even edit them or anything else and then i got few ideas one of them was like a hillary clinton thing and it was really crappy so i ended up deleting that one and then i had a few where i was just like oh so he's leading to this i could actually clip this in right here and then boom 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 and i could spit you know i spent like two hours on a few of them and one of them i actually spent like three hours on and uh that was just because i kept messing with stuff but yeah the whole process just kind of happened i don't really know why but then that led me to actually wanting to do a podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, no, he's a, he's sort of the master of the soundbite. Like I, when I, when I listen to part of the problem, I think, wow, that like two minute clip, I could send that to anybody and change their mind. I don't, I don't think that people's minds change by watching videos, but you know, I mean, maybe it'll, maybe it'll. Uh, actually it changed one of my friends. So really? I literally sent him to the that clip page and then sent him to his YouTube and like I sent him a few of the highlight things that he actually has on there. They're like five, ten minute. And it actually him and like a few other things. And I sent him to Law by Frederick Bastiat. So that helped. Wow. That's a yeah. that's a diamond in the rough, I think. What yeah, a, and he was a like socialist lefty too. It was very interesting. Oh, wow. Um well, I mean Bastiat did sit on the left with the socialists, so um, yeah, that's fair. He was he was technically left wing. What a uh, uh, one other question. What what software do you use to to cut out the clips? Just out of curiosity. Uh, the software it's on it's an iOS one. Oh, I started you used to doing it on. Your it on phone? Uh, well, it's on an iPad oh, cool. iOS. So basically, it's uh, I've done a few of them on my phone, but I prefer doing it on an iPad just because it's bigger screen. I ended up getting this iPad Pro instead of a laptop because my laptop pooped out. And mm -hmm. so I still have it and it's still kind of useful, but I've just been doing most things on an iPad. It's uh, the software is, sorry, uh, Luma Fusion. Nice. Cool. And it's well, like 20, 30 bucks or whatever, but. If I'm ever, if I'm ever like just struck by that bug again, because like I said, I, I used to, I used to think, wow, I should really clip that out somehow. And I, I just, I don't know anything about video editing, so I never pursued it. But uh, thank you for that work because it's a very valuable service. Um, like I said, Dave's Yeah, I need to do more of them. I well, really yeah, Dave is, he's the most soundbite friendly communicator of kind of our ideas out there. So 
Um, awesome. Do you have anything else to plug? Uh, I'm going to link to your Twitter for sure. Cause that's entertaining and informative and your Instagram. Yeah. I've been on Twitter most uh, lately, but on uh, Instagram, it's at damned history. That's where you can find the, the page. And I just post like, I've been doing a log, which I just started doing last year or at the end of 2019. And I was just doing it and then it turned into a daily log and it's actually been really helpful to have some perspective of last year because I can go to like January, February, March. And so I've been doing that. I didn't do it all of January though this year because I just, yeah, I stopped, but it's been mostly like three or four days a week on that. And um, then on Twitter, uh, I can Thoreau and add damned history. And then if you would uh, like to get on the mailing list, so you know when uh, the reboot drops, uh, it would be kintheroad.com and the page will take you to the mailing list box. So Great. Well, sir, thanks for spending an hour or so with me. And it's been a pleasure. We'll have to get you back on soon, especially after you reboot your Damned History podcast. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, James. I appreciate it. This is the first one, so this is a very beautiful moment. I awesome. appreciate it. Well, it Thanks for letting honor. me spend it with you. It's an honor to break your interview, Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks again to Ken for joining me today. Thank you for listening. Um, thanks to Carlos and Vanessa Abelar of Paloma Verde CBD for sponsoring this show. Be sure you head to palomaverdestore.com to place your order today. And... Of course, be sure to use offer code BLACKBIRD for a discount at checkout. If you have been enjoying Blackbird and haven't yet subscribed, then please make sure you do that. The best way to subscribe is at Substack. Go to blackbird.substack.com for email updates every time I post a new show. Substack is also where I post written content, which should be coming out with more frequency if the stars align and my time management skills improve. So uh, be looking forward to that. Um, And then also, obviously, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app whether that's iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else. So I appreciate your subscription. I appreciate your likes and tweets and shares and all of that. And with that, I will see you on the next episode of Blackbird. And until then, live free.